certain things and this, that, and the other. You know, some services are just prayer services. Some services will have laying on of hands and things of that nature. Some services are for the preaching and teaching of the word. And I believe I have a word this morning to share with you guys. And, and God has put this on my heart share. And I want to review a little bit about what we talked about last week. Uh, for those of you who weren't here, you can get online and check that out. We always have all of our messages online. Um, and, you know, that goes to the website. And right now you might not be able to get to that. But there is an app you can download called Sermon.net. And then you can find Harvest Church, subscribe to it, and all the uploads are always there too so you can have that right on your phone so there's still access to that um so you can check that out because i mean i'm going to review a little bit this morning but obviously we're not going to get the full thing of what we did but what 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 are we talking about does anybody remember last week what we kind of started talking about what i always talk about helps yeah helps ministry the body of christ and our part to play you know because each person here has a part to play it's not just to put your butt in the seat on Sunday mornings and keep it warm for an hour, right? So we have a part to play. We have a ministry we're called to, and let's, let's review, and we'll go over that. So you don't have to turn there for review's sake, but in Ephesians 4.1, it says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to, do, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So we talked, you're called. This wasn't written to the leadership. This was written to the body of Christ, the people at Ephesus. And uh, it's very clear. We always sit here and, well, I don't know if I'm really called or to do anything or whatnot. Uh, no, it, you're called. So that's done. We've cleared that up. We know that for a fact. And then Ephesians 4 verse 7 says, but to each one, and we talked each one, each, every one of you is an each in this room, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And we talked about one of the definitions of grace is God's ability. And so not only were you called, and not only as it says there were you gifted, you've been given a gift, but you've also been given the grace of God, which is his ability to carry out that gift and to do those things. So even if you're questioning whether or not you can do what God has called you to do or or could even see yourself doing some of the things that he's maybe birthing in your heart or that you've been asked of, well, then all you need is grace. Can God do that? Well, of course he can do it. So if he can do it and he's given you his ability, get her done, right? So excuses just don't really work with God. I mean, we all try and come up with them, and we, we're all good at that. But uh, these scriptures kind of quickly clean that up. And in verse, or verse 11 and 12 of Ephesians 4, And he himself gave some to be prophets, some I'm sorry, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. The pastor is not the one that's called to go out and do the work of the ministry. Now, he does, because you're not going to tie him down. There's just no way you're going to slow him down. But that's not really part of that. You know, the, the evangelist, yes, he goes out and gets people saved, but he's not the one doing the work of the ministry. That's your job. The apostle is here to equip you. The prophet is here to, to equip you to go out and do the work of the ministry. It's our job individually as eaches that are gifted in grace to go do the work of the ministry. And we talked about the work of reconciliation as well. And we, we define those. And so I've kind of written a summary of that definition of what exactly does it mean to be called to the ministry to call to the work of the ministry and call to the ministry of reconciliation. You are an ambassador of a king 
in a foreign country. He's the king. We're in a foreign country here on earth because our home is there, right? So we're here as an ambassador for him. Your mission is to administer means of relief. Those ministers is to administer, to, to bring relief, and to call back into union. That's reconciliation. We're here to call back into union, and that not only applies to the sinner, but to even our fallen brothers, those that maybe have slipped up. You know, and it's so easy a lot of times to take that person that did so wrong and, and said all them terrible things and just cast them aside. Well, I guess God doesn't want nothing to do with them because I sure don't. Well, that's going to change in these days ahead. We're going to see a lot of them come back, and we can't hold on to those things that we've harbored in the past. We've got to get rid of that junk because we need them, they need us, and we can't do this on our own. It's not that us for no more attitude. We can't have that. So it's not only for the sinner, but it's also for the saint on that. So we're going to move forward today because I want to move on. So we all know that we're called, we're gifted, we've been graced, and we're being equipped by the fivefold ministry gifts, the, the ones that are teaching us and equipping us, giving us what we need. And I want to move forward and kind of talk a little bit more about the actual body of Christ and how that works. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a lot of good stuff in here about the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 12. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. We'll stop there and recap a few things. I thought about, you know, I should have got myself a dummy body up here and, you know, ripped off parts and started chucking them around the room because that's sometimes the way we are. We're just, you know, we're out there doing our own thing. We're just a random forearm floating around out there trying to win the world to Christ and going to change everything and I can fix everything because I have the message and I have the answer. And we're not functioning with the body. And so often, we're, we're trying to do that stuff, and, and, and we're just disjointed and, and dysfunctional and handicapped, just straight-up handicapped. And, and the body of Christ is over here trying to limp along, and you got a hand trying to do hand work, but he doesn't have a forearm because that person's out there running around doing their own thing. And so often, you know, this just boils down to, you know, where, do, where you go to church, even, you know, you're, you're called to be a part of the body. And 
yes, we're a body as a whole as Christians, but there's also, we could talk about the body of Christ here at Harvest Church and in Norfolk, Nebraska. And I'm going to call it more Norfolk, Nebraska than even just the body of Christ here at Harvest Church. There's a, there's a mission to be carried out in, in Norfolk, Nebraska, Northeast Nebraska. And if we're out doing our own thing or thinking, well, I didn't really like that church, so I'm going to go try this church, and then I'm going to go do this over here, and then I'm going to take a month off, or the body's over here trying to accomplish these things God has called us to do, and we can't function like we should because we're missing you, the broken part, out there doing their own thing. And so, you know, I hear a lot of times people talking about church shopping, whatever the heck that is, Heaven forbid we just maybe go to God and, uh, let's see, how did that say that? But, God, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as he pleased. If we would just follow his lead once in a while, I think things would be a lot smoother. But anyway, you don't have to pick a church. Let God do that for you and get planted where you belong. And we've seen an influx of people rolling in. What's what's going on? Is it because suddenly pastor finally figured out how to preach good messages? Thank God he finally figured it out, right? <laughs> Nothing's changed there. He's always preached the word. It's the Holy Ghost. Who said that? Oh. So, well, maybe he is catching on. No. Sorry. Should've, you should have just stayed home. <laughs> now I got somebody to pick on. No. It's the Holy Ghost bringing the body together. And we have a mission to accomplish here at Harvest Church. We have a mission to accomplish here in Northeast Nebraska, and we need the body moving together. And so all of a sudden, these parts are just starting to come in real quick here because things are coming in real quick. And we'll get into more of that. I think I'm already getting ahead of myself. Let's move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 19. And if, you, if they were all one member... Where would be the body? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Amen to that. Verse 23, and those members of the body which think to be less honorable, on these bestow greater honor, and our presentable par- unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that, to that part which lacks. And in verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. That's kind of a loaded one. Now, we know what the word schism is, but we don't necessarily use that a whole lot. So let me throw out a definition or two on this. A division or a separation. I think we would all quickly agree to that. But it's actually an old word that goes way back, and it's a biblical word. It's a breach of unity among people of the same religious faith. I thought, that really defines that. A breach of unity among people of the same religious faith. Oh, don't get me started on this. So I'll try and get on it and get off of it as quick as I can because this has always been a thorn in my side. Why do we have Lutherans, Methodists, Baptists, Full Gospel, Episcopalian, on and on? Well, even the Lutherans, you'll see 
this sect, that sect, of this person, of that person. What? I don't get that at all. I've never understood that. I thought it was the same God. I thought it was the same Jesus we were all serving and following, and I thought it was the same Holy Spirit, but boy, we fell into a trap. We fell into a trap. What's the enemy's motive? Divide and conquer. He got us divided, and he could go on and do his thing because we sure as heck ain't no threat. We're over here busy fighting amongst each other, and shame on us. It shouldn't be like that. And, and it would take it a step further. You get a church and you get a bunch of people in here and all of a sudden you can start seeing clicks. And I, I really think Harvest Church does a fantastic job of that not being the case. And I'm proud of, of, of the people of Harvest Church because I don't really feel that that's been much of an issue. But you can see that within churches, a group here and a group there. And it's even divided down to that level and they're bickering and fighting amongst each other. We're not a threat to the enemy We're nothing but a threat to ourselves. He can go out and do and is and has been doing horrendous damage to to anybody and everybody because we're over here busy contending with ourselves. And I'm telling you, that season's coming to a close. It can't be like that. Now, I'm not saying we're suddenly going to throw out the word and compromise on the word. That's not it. But we can't have that attitude no more. That has to go away. Well, and, and, and it seems as though sometimes as a full gospel church, as we might call ourselves, we can have this elitist attitude because we believe everything. Well, you only believe a little bit of this and maybe a little bit of that. You're doing okay, but we got it all figured out over here. Forget that. Again, we just fueled the division. So I'm going to get back off of that. That season is coming to a close. So be open. Be ready. And be, be willing, because the Holy Spirit has other plans. Amen. It can't be that way. So let's move on. 1 Corinthians twelve 26. We're just going to finish on out here with this. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And I could camp on that for a bit, but we'll hit something here sooner that will bring that out even better. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Recognize that that's not tongues, period, that's the gift of speaking in tongues, but we don't have time to get into all that today. Because everybody can speak in tongues. Verse 31. But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I'll show you a more excellent way. So those are, those are just a list of some of the gifts, and we can go through and we'll see some more later of the awesome gifts of the Holy Spirit that we could have, you know, from laying hands on the sick, or I shouldn't even say that because that's for everybody, but the gift of healing, supernatural miracles, things like that, to, to giving a prophecy, to giving a tongue and interpreting it, a word of knowledge, all of these different things are awesome things. And, and yet, and, and we're to desire those gifts because each and every one of us can flow in those gifts because we're part of that each. We've all been called. We've all been graced like we had talked. But he's saying there's a better way. 
what, what could be better than flowing in all the awesome gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? I don't know about you, but I desire that in my life. I want to flow in those gifts because I want to be a blessing to people. To get a word of knowledge for a random person on the street and go up and give that to them and literally read their mail is just so cool. I just, I just love that. And not because I want to know about their personal business. No, because you just tear down the walls instantly when you can do that. When God allows you to do that, he just tears down their walls and the doors just wide open all of a sudden, isn't it? And it's just so cool. So I love doing those things. I love being used by the Holy Spirit. I desire those gifts, but yet there's a better way. Well, but the chapter ended, I guess. We don't know what that is, right? So again, obviously the book, the Bible, was not written with chapters and verses. That's just for reference sake. So obviously it rolls right on into verse or chapter 13, which we're going to do. And what is chapter 13 always referred to? Does anybody know? The, the chapter of love. So sweet sounding, isn't it? And, and where, where does this always get used? <laughs> Every typical, cliche, classic wedding you go to, here comes the verse of, or the, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the verse of love. Love never fails. Love is kind. It's not puffed up. It's not envious. And it just sounds so wonderful for a union of marriage, but it has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. We're talking about the body of Christ here, right? And yes, Marriage is involved in that. Yes, it's okay to use it in there. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong, but talk about just, okay, let's just get into what it's about. Forget it. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. He's going to show us a more excellent way. What He's going to show us what is better than flowing in the gifts of God. What could be better than that? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, is this, my notes say something about interject, crude joke. Okay, sorry. Some of you get it. We can have fun and laugh at church. It's okay. And I'm probably more comfortable with who I am than you probably are comfortable with me, who I am. But that's okay too. So sorry, that had nothing to do with the message and I just blew the whole move of the Spirit there. But let's go back and try that again. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. It's not saying you can't flow in those gifts. It's not saying those gifts won't move, because they do, and they will. But without love, what's the point? There's absolutely no point. It's just noise before God. And that's too bad. It's a shame. And sometimes I think that's, and that's what he's getting at here is, Yes, desire those gifts and want to be used by God. But if you're not going to love your neighbor, if you're not going to love your brother in, in the faith, if you're not going to love that dirty, rotten old sinner, then there's no point. You're just noisy. 
And we're not here to make noise. We're here to move in the things of God and see God move. That's our desire. We want the Holy Spirit to move in this place and to move in our lives as we carry it out into northeast Nebraska. And it's all fueled by love. So we'll read through a few of these just to hit them, but moving on in verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And we hear that all the time because of weddings, right? How many, how many of you can hear, as I read that, you're literally hearing a wedding going on, aren't you? I want to hit a couple of these because I think a couple of these are the biggest stumbling blocks that we deal with as Christians even. In verse 4, love does not envy. Ooh, envy, envy, envy. It's such an easy, slippery trap we get into. And, and not only envious towards, you know, rich people and things. They have everything. You know, I really want that. Oh, man, he owns that cool property. Or, man, he's got that awesome car. Or maybe my case, they got those awesome guns, and I want that. But it's easy to get into envy. What about, what about when we see a prayer line? And let's say pastor's doing a prayer line, and he stops on this person and gives them a word. And, and you can just see their world rocked by God. And then he comes along, and then he hits you, lays his hands on, prays for you, and then moves on. It's real easy to get an envy right there, too. God, I wanted that. Why didn't I get that? And before we know it, we're getting envious towards somebody else, thinking, well, what's so good that they got? I want that, and I want this, and I want that. And rather than being full of joy, and rejoicing with, as we read earlier, when the body rejoices, we all rejoice. When one member rejoices, we all rejoice. Thank God that God spoke to that person and rocked their world. Amen? And that's love. And we need to, we need to develop that. We need to have that mindset because when we get that mindset, it never fails. Love never fails. All of this can start working that way. And the next one is love does not parade itself. Pride, pride, pride. You know, it's easy to be that person that got that word and nobody else got a word that day. Boy, I must be something special. God called me out and nobody else. You get what I'm saying? But rather, love extinguishes all of that stuff and just covers it all up and we can rejoice with those. And then when those that are, that are down and struggling, we can get down there and help them in that struggle and pull them back out of that. And just for kicks and giggles, for some of you that are struggling with what's going on in the world and the evil and the wicked, and we need to pray for all those that are in authority and all of these things that, you know, that are going on, we get this idea that we don't wish ill will upon no one, which we don't. And so we see some preachers and, and 
pastors and the prophets talking about justice being served and how even some of them are saying there's going to be some deaths and things of that nature. Well, shouldn't we pray against that? We don't want anybody to die. We want them all to be saved and yada, yada, yada. Go study verse 6. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth. And when truth comes out, there's an adverse effect that goes on there. And so I... I don't know, you could camp there for a while if you want because I just feel like some people are really struggling with the fact that, I'm sorry, evil is out there and it's going to have to be dealt with in a violent way. It's going to happen. So anyway, that's a side note that has nothing to do with the body of Christ this morning. Well, kind of, but not really. So let's jump down to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide faith, hope, Love. These three. That's, that's all it right there. I mean, we could base a, literally camp our whole Christian, Christian life on faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And you can think, well, faith. We are people of faith. We are called to be in faith. You, the Bible says you cannot please God without faith. You've you got to believe He is before anything else can even happen, right? So how can faith not be the most important thing? Well, First John, we won't turn there, First John 4, 8 says, if, if you don't have love, you don't know God because God is love. It's Him. It's not, love isn't a thing. It's Him. He is. And if you don't have love, you don't know Him. You can't because that's Him. So how can you have faith and please him if you don't even know him, right? And so we see a strong emphasis in the importance of love. And I just want to hammer that home this morning because things are going to start changing in the days ahead real fast. And pastor has been warning you. I'm warning you. Get ready. Get ready. Because otherwise you're going to be stuck in a corner surrounded by a whole bunch of people you don't like, you don't want to be around, and you're going to find yourself frustrated because you ain't going to be in love. You're going to be mad because they're going to sit in their spot. Some of them are going to stink. Some of them are going to say nasty things. That's just the way it is. Until they know better and they learn, that's fine. But revival is coming. It's happening already. If you follow Mario Murillo in any way, shape, or form, it's happening already. And it's coming here. But we have to be ready because we don't want to get snowballed and ran over by this thing. We don't want to be stuck in the corner mad because someone's had in your seat or because all these new people are coming in and they're, they're wrecking the place. They're just fussing it all up. They're filthy. They're dirty. They're moving things around. And just everything's changing. I just want to come here and do my three songs of worship ending with a slow song. I want to hear Pastor Kathy give a message on tithes and offerings. I'll drop my $5 in the bucket and then listen to Pastor and go home and I'm done. That's all I want to do. That ain't going to work. That ain't going to work no more. And so we have been called, gifted, graced, and we are equipping you. You are getting equipped to do the work of the ministry and the ministry of reconciliation. Like I mentioned last week, if 50 people walked in this door this morning, 
and we gave an altar call, and 50 people got saved, what are we going to do with them? Really? What are we going to do with them? Well, pastor can't sit down with each one of them and spend an hour a week with them, mentoring them and training them and ministering to them. 50 hours a week, when's he going to prepare a message for the rest of us? How's he going to equip the saints? No, but rather, that's what you're called to do. You're called to reach those people. You're called to minister to those people. You're called to meet their needs and to teach them and help them grow and come up into the things of God, and then they're ready for the next wave. And then the next wave, and the next wave. What are we going to do when we can't all fit in here? Where are we going to go? Build another shack. Yes, sir. You might have to do some of this on your own. You might have to grab 10 people and have a Bible study. Well, I ain't a teacher. I can't do that. Um, Don't be going back to the beginning. I want to preach last week's message again. You're called. And I'm not saying every one of you is going to do just that. But if you need to, you can do it. Because you have the grace of God on your life. And there's nothing that that can't make happen. Right? Pastor cannot do it all. There is no way, no how. And even when you're out there doing your thing, living life and trying to reach out to people and minister and, and do the ministry of reconciliation. I mean, like what Paige shared this morning, did, did you call pastor when that came up at work and say, hey, they're, they're starting to talk about Lent and things here. Can you give me some advice on what I should say? I'd like to reach them for the gospel. Why don't you, can you send me a quick text with a rundown of what, what I could say to them? <laughs> Or you meet someone on the road that's sick, and, and you know that God's, you, God wants you to pray for him. So you know, quick, let me send a text to pastor and ask him real quick, what should I say? How should I pray? What should I do? We can't do that either. He can't manage all of that. He's not here to micromanage your life. But there is someone that can help you with that. Anybody got a good guess? Holy Spirit. So let's go back up to the top of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So we started at verse 12, but we're going to go back and start at verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Don't be a dummy. That's what he's saying. Anyway, that's, that's the Bradley Wan version of verse 1. Verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb or mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So we know that we're gifted. We know that we've been called. We know that we've been graced. We know that we have the ministry of, uh, we've been called to do the work of the ministry, the work of reconciliation. And now it's saying here that the manifestation of the Spirit was given to each one. Are you in each? 
We established that last week. You are in each. Every person here in this room is in each. Every person that's listening to this online is in each. You're in each. So you've been given the Spirit for the profit of all. The reason you're gifted, the reason you're graced, isn't just so you have something cool to talk about. It's for the profit of all. It's for everybody else in this room. It's your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's for the sinner out there in the world. God has a purpose and a mission for your life and for the body of Christ here, and this is part of it. Verse 8, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. Now, did you catch my emphasis in there? The one word that keeps popping up in there? Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. And did you notice that that's not a little S? That's a big S? Who is that? Holy Spirit. What's coming in the days ahead and what we need to be prepared to do as individual members of the body of Christ cannot and will not work if we are not seeking the Holy Spirit. We have to have his guidance. We have to have his direction. We have to have his leadership. Again, Paige didn't call or text pastor on what to do. She checked in and was led by the Holy Spirit. As you go forth and you have things to do and you run into people and, and, and opportunities will start blowing up all over the place, you can't call pastor every time. And I'm not saying you can't call pastor. Don't misread that. He's available. But you don't have to. You don't need that. It's the Holy Spirit that will guide you, direct you. He's the one that puts these gifts within you. He's the one that will give you the words to say. He'll give you that word of knowledge. All these things, these, these things are not, are, these things are not just for five-fold ministry gifts. This is talking about the body, spiritual gifts, brethren. I don't want you to be ignorant. You know, gifts of healing, working of miracles, Prophecy. I'm not talking about the office of the prophet. I'm talking about prophecy, a word of encouragement, exhortation. You and I can flow in those gifts. Discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. All of these things are available to every believer as an each. You are an each. And he's saying he'll pour these out on you as he wills. They're not saying you just get stuck in one either. You're in a situation, and as he wills to do in that person's life you're confronted with, he'll give you that gift to flow through you right then and right there. But if you're not hooked up with him, and you're not seeking him, and you're not yearning for his guidance and direction in every step of the way, it's going to be tough. And without the Holy Spirit moving forward, it's going to be tough. What did you mention to me? prompted to say that, but I'm blanking it. Yeah. Yes. 
it will be very easy to get deceived and wrapped up in the wrong things in the days ahead without the Holy Spirit. Do you need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No, you need Jesus. Jesus is the one that paid for that. But I don't want to just make heaven. And I don't, sure as heck don't want to take a chance of getting deceived and off, let alone far enough to get to a place where I turn that, turn that away too. Because you can, you can give up your salvation. You can turn it, turn it down even if you've accepted it once. You can turn it down and reject it and give it back up. That's not somewhere I want to end up getting to. And there'll be a lot of people that make heaven through salvation alone. But that's it. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And without the Holy Spirit, it's going to be tough. Is it a requirement to make heaven? No. Is it a requirement to survive here on earth in the days coming? I don't see how it can't be. I just don't. I just don't see how I could ever function with what I know is in my heart, what this book is talking about, and what God is birthing in my heart for the days ahead. I don't know how you could ever make it without the Holy Spirit. There's no power. Guess where we're going next. Let's check that out. Jump with me to Acts. I saw something this morning, and I think this is just cool as all get out. And I want to share it with you before we get wrapped up here this morning. It's 11 o'clock. Everybody bearing with all right? (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy, don't ever say that. You may regret. Acts chapter 1. Let's go to verse 8. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, the 120 of them. It's not just the apostles, but the whole group of them there. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, a lot of you have probably heard the word power defined before. Does anybody know the Greek word for it? Dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. It's explosive. You know, the very first word of the definition of the word dunamis or power is force. So, as I was talking with Scott this morning, force can be a lot of things. It can be, you know, physical force. It can be a force to be reckoned with. We talk about, like, the military forces. There's a group of people when it's a something of size like that. It's, it's powerful. It's hard to stop. When a, when a big group of a military force gets moving towards a goal, it's hard to stop that because there's power there. Do you remember what pastor, God told Pastor a while back as a mandate for the things to do here because we've got to get ready? Marshal the forces. You are a force. Each and every one of you is a force. And then when we come together collectively, with God, it's not multiplication, it's synergy. One could put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. It doesn't add up, it multiplies. It's synergy. That's how God designed it. It's not, it's not my rules, that's his rules. That's his physics. 
That's how he made it. So when we come together as an individual force, so you're a force to be reckoned with everywhere you go, but as you come together and we work together and we're all on the same plan, even though you might be out there physically on your own as one, if you are tuned into the source of power, and how do we get that? The Holy Spirit. If you're hooked with him, so is this other member over here is hooked with him, and this other member over here is hooked with him, and we're all moving together. Though it might look individually, we're one member moving towards that same goal, and we are a force to be reckoned with. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> When the, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses for me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Why are you a, a force? Why are you a powerful force to be reckoned with? To be a witness for him. Now jump back into Acts chapter 1. Let me make sure I got the right one. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he, being Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And notice promise is capitalized. And that's what he's talking about in verse 8, the Holy Spirit. Now, if he told these people who saw Jesus was raised from the dead... The whole thing that he'd been talking about has come to pass. The good news is now available. But what did he tell them to do? Don't do nothing. Nothing. Don't go out and talk about this. Don't go out and tell anybody. Don't go nowhere. Don't do nothing until you receive the Holy Spirit, that power. Do you have to have it to get to heaven? No. Do you have to have it to survive in the days ahead? I don't see how you can. And how do we know if we have the Holy Spirit? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. He told them, stay in Jerusalem. Don't go nowhere. Don't do nothing until you receive the promise that I, have, I will send you. And when you receive that promise of the Holy Spirit, power will come upon you. And here is that event taking place. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Unity. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. One sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praying in tongues, speaking in tongues is how you will survive these upcoming days. And how you will not, you're, you're not, I shouldn't even use that word. You're not going to survive, but you will be in power. You will walk in power. You will be a force to be reckoned with. These things that are coming upon the earth are looking dark and gloomy, and they are going to get darker and gloomier. But who cares? We have the answer. We have the power. We have a direct connection with the Father via the Holy Spirit. 
As darkness grows, the light just gets brighter. As sin abounds, grace abounds more. The, the ability of God will abound more in these days ahead. And I'm already seeing things happen. I'm seeing gifts stirring up in you guys, and it just excites me because God's getting us ready. But we need that Holy Spirit. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, I encourage you, press in, pray in tongues more than you ever have before. And just, as as it says in Jude, you will build yourself up on your most holy faith. You will come up against that evil, that dark thing that comes against you, and you'll just look right through it. You'll know that that's not anything that can slow you down. It won't phase you. It won't sidetrack you. You won't have to listen to 23... Um, audio tape CDs to try and encourage and build your faith back up to deal with this situation and hope to God you can overcome and get on the other side. Them days are over. Via the Holy Spirit, we can just move on and we'll deal with those situations head on as they come and we're going to keep moving forward for the kingdom of God. So as we get ready to close, I, I think I might even done early. Good thing we did short workup. Worship gives me a lot more chance to preach and teach, right? No. <laughs> Hoops. Hoops. First off, you have to be born again. That's first and foremost. That is the most important. The Holy Spirit isn't going to do you any good if you're not born again, as the Bible says. If you've not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and given your life to Him and getting a fresh start, eradicating everything of the past and wiping out sin and placing you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus before Him, then the Holy Spirit isn't going to infill you and give you that power. You must be born again first. So before I want to give an opportunity this morning for the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of tongues, But before we do that, I want to make sure everyone here has had the opportunity for the gospel first. So why don't everyone close your eyes and bow your heads. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, then today is the day to do that. Don't walk out of here unsure. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He wants eternal life for you. He wants you in heaven with him for eternity when you leave this earth. And this is how you do it. Good works ain't going to do it. Going to a certain church ain't going to do it. It's your relationship with him. So if you're here today and you've never done that, I want to give you an opportunity. We're all going to pray this prayer. But first and foremost, I want you to acknowledge to God that that's you and you want to do that. So if that's you today... I want you to just, where you're at, everybody's eyes are closed and their heads are down. I'm not going to embarrass you. Slip your hand up and acknowledge that you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Is there anyone here today that wants to do that? Okay, go ahead and put your hands down. So everybody go ahead and look at me. Let's pray this together. Let's all do this because even if you're born again, man, it's great to claim him as Lord. There's no harm in that, that's for sure. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for me, paying the price of my sins, and giving me the opportunity 
of salvation. I call you Jesus, Lord of my life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my all. I look to you to guide and lead me in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, as a free gift, we can receive salvation. You can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to deserve it, for that matter. But we just take it. It's a gift. And God wants us to have it, and he gives it to us. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to muster yourself up to receive this. It's not like when you went to get born again, you had some huge measure of faith to believe this thing in for your life. No, you didn't even know it was there until you received it, right? Well, I'm telling you about another gift. And aside from salvation, this is the greatest gift you can get your hands on. God will rock your world with power in an awesome, mighty, mighty way. And it will be a direct connection with him to fill you with that power that you can go out and be that witness for him. Receiving orders from headquarters kind of thing. So if you're here today and you've never received the Holy Spirit, in other words, you don't speak in other tongues, you don't pray in your heavenly language, you don't have that gift, then I want to give you that opportunity. And what I'm going to ask you to do, and oh no, he's going to embarrass me. No, because real quick, without even getting a chance to think about it, who in here speaks in other tongues? Oh, look at that. Almost everybody does. So I guess it's not really embarrassing, right? I want to give you that opportunity this morning to receive the Holy Spirit and power, a force will come upon you and you will speak in other tongues and you will be able to pray in that heavenly language and as it says in the book of Jude, build yourself up on your most holy faith. It's like just charges you, lights you up and gets you ready to go out and set the world on fire for Christ. Amen. So is there anyone here today, I'm gonna, I'll ask you, I'll come down forward and I'm going to pray with you and everyone here will be praying and in agreement with you, but is there anyone here today who would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues? And if not, that's fine. I just want to make sure it's available. Amen. Amen. I encourage you, again, in the days ahead, there is... So much that's going to need to be done. And we can't do it without you. And look at your neighbor. You can't do it without them. We need each other. We absolutely need each other. We're in this together, but together we're a force to be reckoned with. And it's not an intimidating thing. It's not a thing to be in fear of at all. Because love casts out all fear, right? We don't need to worry about it. We're on the right side of the fence. God and all of heaven has our backs. And we are on the right side, and our mission cannot and will not fail. So get in, get in the fight, and become part of the force. Amen? As we get ready to close, I just I want to send an invitation as well. Does anybody need prayer for healing or has a prayer request? We would be glad to agree with you on that. It's part of the gifts as well. Amen, amen.
think I have anything else for you then. Next week, our preacher, our pastor, our senior pastor will be back in the saddle. <coughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm done. I've said everything I have to say. I'll never have to get it out of the system again. But no, I appreciate each and every one of you. I love each and every one of you. I do. I do. I do. I do. And that's what's going to make this thing go. So keep pressing on in. Keep praying in tongues. Pray for your pastors and help us all to, to lift his arms up as we move forward in the days ahead. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a good week.